it's all very well talking about being real, showing up real, having authentic conversations online and offline, but hey, could we do with a few tips on how? Yes, we could. Hello, I'm Trisha Lewis. This is the Make It Real podcast, and I will be talking to very real people who've had very real experience, mistakes and everything, and they will be giving you those tips. So, stay tuned. This is going to be another fascinating episode because I'm talking to another fascinating person. So I need hardly say that at the beginning of each of these episodes because it applies to all of them. Um, I am sat here almost with, obviously with a screen in between us, Anthony Storey. And he is the director of Silicon South. And he's also actually the host of a rather good podcast of, you know, hate to mention that there are other podcasts, but the 10th degree podcast is definitely worth dipping in and out of. And um, I'm not going to say anything more because it's way better that Anthony introduces himself and sort of gives you a little bit more of an overview of where he is and what he does. Hi, Anthony. Hello. I, I think there are loads of great podcasts out there. I'm, I love kind of talking about other people's podcasts because on the whole, we're probably going to talk about imposter syndrome and things like that, which obviously we all have. So obviously everybody else's podcast is so much better than your own, uh, apart from yeah, yours, obviously. Um, but, uh, but I've been listening to some great ones. Uh, so in fact, we may well come on to some of the topics because I'm, I'm finding it very interesting getting into uh, I suppose access into people who have great thoughts and great ideas uh, and what they do with them and how that touches some of the thinking that you have and what I really love about some really clever people uh, name check Russell Brand I, I, I'm, I'm not sure I'm not I think his strength as a podcaster actually is the caliber of people he gets onto his podcasts and there are just some amazing people like Yanis Varoufakis uh, who was the Greek finance minister during the whole double dip recession and things like that. So um, is, it's just fascinating when you've got somebody who's got the ability to take all of those big ideas that you may have just glimpsed at in the back of your head somewhere and pull them in together into some complete whole. Adam Curtis is another guy who's got uh, on there. Uh, it's all available on Spotify and <laughs> iTunes for anybody who wants to check them out. So I really recommend those, they're brilliant. Um, I love it, I love it. Sorry, yeah. did you want me to no, say something? No, 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 it's probably more that. about me than anything else. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, I'm Anthony, I come from a, a interesting eclectic background, uh, started out in lots of different creative fields, worked a lot in theater, film, drama, um grew up got a sensible job and uh ran my own business for a while i set up a uh kind of fairly early on in the whole interactive thing back in the mid 90s through into the early noughties uh ending up setting up my own company which was a comms company which was a bit of live action um uh web brand marketing uh, multi-platform type things, stretched myself too widely, learned a lot of lessons in trying to do it. Um, constructively exited is probably the best way to say it about 10 years ago. And, uh, and I've been working on supporting other companies uh, ever since. Quite often trying to help companies avoid some of the mistakes I made. Nice. 
I mean, that is actually, I think, the, the gift that we should all be trying to give. And obviously, the, the longer we live, the more we can do that because yeah. of all the mistakes we've made. So That's it's just true. perfect. Yeah. Something I like about being older, actually. Um, and yeah, I, I, great. So lots of lots of creative background going on all over the you might have noticed the word theatre came in there very quietly and subtly but of course of course I will mention that um, but more to the point is I, we Anthony and I live that quite close to each other in Bournemouth um, we're actually part of uh, a community here called you are the media that gets name checked quite often on my podcast um, and Community is one of the things that we're going to touch on. So I, I actually, because I'm absolutely a genius when it comes to this, I actually found three C's. Oh, who'd have thought? Community, creativity. Not surprised, not surprised, Tricia, by the genius seeping through in this respect. <laughs> so thank you, Anthony. So the power, the power of community, because obviously, uh, Anthony's just said he, he helps other people. It's part of, you know, this is Silicon South and creativity all over the place. The, the, the people that he's helping tend to be in that creative sort of sphere. Um, and his background is very creative. And he is very creative. And curiosity, which is what podcasts are all about anyway in the first place, because I'm just going to be shutting up in a minute and, and letting Anthony tell us everything. and we'll have our curiosity, but no, it's, it's about learning um, from each other. And we are recording this during the uh, Corona uh, thing, crisis, whatever. Oh, look, two more C's. Uh, two more C's, <laughs> COVID-19, coronavirus, lockdown. Um, yeah, that's yeah. an L, that doesn't work. I know, I know. So, so whether, you know, that might come into it, but creativity during a crisis is, is an interesting, it's an interesting topic, isn't it? So enough of me blabbering away so let's um let's start with community because clearly you are helping people and people are helping each other within that community and you were talking the other day about how there's a, a thing about community the thing about even this current moment we're in where hierarchies are beginning to get maybe broken down and it's a good thing that, that's kind of me blabbering. Now, hand over to you. Well, I think it's true. So, so what I didn't mention is that I'm the director of Silicon South. So that's been something I've been involved with for the past five years. Uh, and it's been trying to bring together companies in the digital, creative and tech space, especially in and around the greater Bournemouth area, um, Christchurch Pool, uh, and leading into Dorset and sort of going as far and wide as we can. Uh, and it's about trying to uh, we'll do several things. So one is about creating a strong presence for the sector because there's loads of really cool companies doing lots of really cool things. Now, I don't know about you, but I lived in London for a long time. Uh, and it's very interesting that when you're in London, you get a very London centric point of view of the world. And London essentially is not the capital city of England. It is its own principality to a large extent, uh, which then tolerates everybody else around it is what it feels like. And that if you're that kind of old Dr. Johnson thing, if you're tired of London, you're tired of life. And I feel that still pervades through. But what you discover when you leave London uh, and come back to where you came from or you go off to somewhere new is there's a lot of really cool stuff which is happening. So in and around Bournemouth, there are companies who are working on some really cool products and really good clients. 
So there's a post-production company, um, Outpost VFX, let's say. They work on top Hollywood post-production special effects. So they're doing special effects for Marvel movies and stuff like that. Um, Amuso, they make the mobile games for Lego. You know, so all of those mobile uh, games that you're playing on the phone, that's all done in Bournemouth. Um, there are companies working, market, there's a big marketing scene down there. A lot of people working with some very good brands. Um, you know, a lot of household uh, names, a lot of FM, FMCG. Uh, there's some, oh, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just name checking a lot now. But, but there's, yeah. Amazing. So there's a lot. So what, what you want from a community are two things. One is, can you harness the power of all of that amazingness to be able to, uh, I suppose, help people understand that there's a lot more going on in an area which people don't traditionally think of? Because you, know, you think of Bournemouth and you think, well, it's got a seaside. Aren't there quite a lot of retired people down there? Um, and these other questions. And actually, I, there are some, but actually there's a huge amount of young people, a lot more young people. And there's two thriving universities. Uh, the universities probably are globally respected for the output that they have in post-production and special effects and animation. 50% um, of Soho is populated by students from the Bournemouth universities. So there's a lot of stuff which we want to share with other people because I don't think everybody else knows about it. And then uh, there is that other thing about how do you try and use the power of the knowledge that you have to help each other um, for people within that community because by helping each other uh, it enables the community to grow stronger the people who are running the businesses and the people inside the businesses as well to be a bit better than uh, they were before they got some support um, but actually support is expensive uh, but knowledge is I was going to say knowledge and cheap, but that just sounds really cheesy, and I don't actually know what I mean by that. Um, so, so <laughs> if if you uh, if you allow people from parts of the community to work with other people in the community, it means that the knowledge that people who have got a bit more experience, a bit longer in the tooth, maybe can help people um, to thrive and apply better discipline to what they're doing whether that's running a company or being inside a company uh, in a way that they wouldn't be able to do unless they had access lovely so let me just mention the word objectivity because that's the other thing isn't it about using harnessing the knowledge of a of a community because although there might be common themes like digital creative tech that there's there's a whole load of different individuals all with different perspectives and only when you open up to supporting each other like that do you get these i think this that's where you get absolute magic light bulbs going off do you agree objectivity uh, uh, objectivity is the word which doesn't begin with c well object yeah but objectivity whose objectivity are you thinking of because you're, you're because you're talking to somebody who isn't inside your bubble. It's as simple as that. That's that's all I mean. So so okay. you, so you go. So you're in a, a lovely one of your lovely workshoppy things, and somebody starts talking about a challenge that they've got in their startup or whatever, and then somebody from a completely different background with no actual knowledge of the technicalities of any of this thing that this person's talking about will just suddenly say, "But what about?" Da, 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 da. 
And although it might not be a technical solution or necessarily even a practical solution, it opens up this kind of portal into a, a thinking space that they hadn't walked into. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I think you're right, uh, but I think it's the, but I think there are two parts to that. So one is the objectivity that you have uh, of the the kindness of strangers almost is very interesting because that does open you up to ideas that you may not have thought about. So uh, I, on that example, it's interesting. My my brother actually runs a uh, a charity based in Windsor, uh, and they focus on helping leaders. So they get people from some of the top companies in the UK, you know, the, the top FTSE 250, a lot of hundreds, um, and they bring people into very small leadership groups. So these are these people who are making very large decisions, um, and it definitely is lonely at the top there. So what he does is he brings people, um, you know, maybe three, four CEOs from different types of sectors, so they're not competing with each other, to but they can empathize with each other. But what's interesting is the the starting point for the charity actually came from the church. So sometimes in these workshops, there are bishops there, but there are also generals and there are you know, brigadiers and people from the army. So when you are talking about a problem that you might have, and that problem might be, okay, I need to make 5,000 people redundant um, because, well, <laughs> I mean, where we're at at the moment, that's a very real and, and, upsetting let's say um the position that we were finding ourselves in at the moment but in terms of making those decisions let's go back and kind of pre-coronavirus in a slightly more normal time those decisions are looked at from a business perspective and by having a bishop in your group would entertain the idea of but what about the impact on them what about the impact that's going to have on the people who you're actually making redundant and it would humanize that position uh, in a way that probably no other executive was likely to do so i think all that that sort of thing is interesting uh, there's also i don't know i was, remember having a chat with a guy that runs uh, ardman animations uh, and he was saying uh, he was at a dinner and he ended up talking to the uh, chief executive of rolls royce and that they found commonality uh, by talking about fluid dynamics because that's very interesting when you're making these big jet engines but at the same time when you're making in claymation uh, animations that you need to you started to using uh, basic robotic elements so that within there and, and how you make a character move so there are these these uh, these ideas that can come which you would never really expect to happen but I think that the other part I was I was interested in is is you've got to be careful that doesn't send you down some rabbit holes as well though because there's lots of great ideas but ultimately you need to have real clarity about what it is that you're trying to, to achieve. And there's a danger that when you talk to somebody who you feel has got more knowledge than you, you might follow their knowledge because you think it's based on uh, greater insights. But ultimately, you are the arbiter of your decision and you have to decide if it's the right choice for you to make. So talking to people who actually have a lot more similarity and commonality with you, but have just got a bit more experience, is not a bad thing either. And I think that's also very important because they bring a bit of subjectivity into the objectivity. Mm, yeah, so the objectivity is great for coming up with those, those eureka moments possibly, but actually in terms of the more prosaic, what do I do with my life? What are the decisions that I need to make right now? Then talking to somebody who 
has got a similar background, has got uh, maybe coming from the same sector you're in, uh, but has just got a bit more experience in doing what it is that you were trying to do already. It's just advice. And so being able to speak to somebody at a level who really understands the decisions that you're trying to make. So they bring an element of subjectivity into that bigger objectivity element, I think is very important as well. Um, because they can bring a level of understanding um, uh, to the things that you're trying to do at the moment, uh, because they've been done them all already themselves, that they make more, uh, God, it was easier when I said the first time round. <laughs> Right. Yeah, we had. I'm going to keep that in. I'm keeping that okay. in. We had a sound issue there, listeners, and I try. I tried to get Anthony to repeat his pearls of wisdom, which is hideously mean because you say something and it comes out as a beautiful flow, and then you say, "Just say that again." We had a bit of a sound. No, let's move on. Let's move. This is perfect okay. because this is all fascinating. So, in, well, I, I let, you, let me hold yeah. on. Let, let me pick up on something. So, what's I think what's really important about that is you have to be clear about what it is that you're trying to achieve. So that's coming back into the, um, what were the issues? We, what were your first Curiosity. Creativity and curiosity. Yeah. So in terms of that, it's a bit of curiosity and, and creativity. Yeah. So in order to be creative, you need to have a clarity. I think maybe that's another oh C gosh. I could throw in at you. Um, so being able to know what the right decision for you is, is it all comes down into planning really doesn't it in terms of having a very clear idea about what it is that you're trying to achieve and i i think that there's a a, a couple of ways that people tend to do this so it could be that it could be you as a job or it could be you as a business um trying to create something which is going to have an output at the end of that and the output ideally is something which is going to serve a purpose for somebody else a purpose could be your boss or you know, from my world, that purpose is more likely to be uh, to a client or to a customer. So how do you know that what you're doing is the right thing to be doing? Um, some people, I guess, would have an iterative approach, which is following the agile process or the lean manufacturing type things, which is a little bit of iteration, put it out there, see how people respond, go on to the next thing go on to the next thing, go on to the next thing. And so you're developing bit by bit by bit to try and get to an end goal. The other side, I suppose, is trying to think about everything up front. Um, you know, part of that is shooting for the stars. And I think that's great. But I think if you're going to shoot for the stars, uh, don't expect to reach them. <laughs> because I think it's really hard. But unless you shoot for the stars, you're never going to get to the stratosphere. So even if you can get that far, that's not not a bad result and being able to be clear about what decisions you need to take along the, the way what is going to be the right thing for you comes down to i suppose a couple of things in business we talk a lot about value proposition and value proposition is all about who the customer is what the customer wants how are you going to enhance their life as a customer um, and I think that is interesting. Um, I've got a couple of ideas I've come on to, but I suppose one thing is we, we think that there is a set way of doing things and we're told that there's a set way of doing things, but actually there's a huge amount of luck in work. 
and I think that gets undervalued. So let's look at a couple of examples. If you take somebody like the invention of the telephone. So who invented the telephone? Tricia, question for you. Um, that was the, um, the telephone guy. That was Alexander Bell. Alexander Graham Bell. So we all know that. But what most of us don't, well done. <laughs> I'll put you on the spot there. But what most people don't realize is he only, he only won that by about four hours. So Edison, Edison famous for inventing the light bulb. Yeah. Those light bulb moments all come down to Edison really, don't they? But he also invented the telephone. But he got to the patent office four hours after Graham, uh, Alexander Graham Bell did. Yeah, exactly. Four hours. So, it's, so the fact that Graham Bell is the inventor of the telephone is actually lots of people were inventing telephones then. He just was the first to get to the patent office with a, a because otherwise we would have been, think, we, you know, that would have been an Edison invention. So he had to carry on and do the light bulb instead. So we still know Edison because he's a, clearly a brilliant guy. Um, but I think there's a lot of luck and we retrofit our stories to try and support that narrative. So let's take someone like the Venus um, and Serena Williams, the, the Williams sisters. Now the narrative of that is that they had this absolutely dedicated dad who made them go out at five o'clock in the morning, come rain, shine, hail, snow, whatever it was, they were on that court, on the public court learning because that was the driving the commitment. So what we believe is if we only put in that level of effort, that's what it takes to succeed. But I wonder how many failed tennis stars are there propping up the bars of the world, crying into their beer, going, that should have been me. Like actors, I suppose, you know, we can identify with that. Um, so, uh, so a lot of it is to, you know, what is it that they have? What is it that they, that they did? Uh, and I don't know what the answer to that is, but there are, there are people who can succeed, but you can't follow that process and guarantee success. No, I like that. I mean, if you think about it, um, there's a there's a whole PR engine that goes into some people that it might literally be down to the way they look, you know, which is just fluke, um, yeah, yeah. you know, and timing. I mean, you, you're right. You're right. We, we um, and, and actors are, are absolute classic examples because over and over again, we see the same ones on all the top dramas and, um, you know, and you think, crikey, the amount of people that are going through drama school um, and we're still only seeing the same five people over and over again. Um, does it mean that they are the best actors? No. I mean, that, that they can be brilliant actors, but there are plenty of other brilliant actors out there who aren't getting the, the breaks. And part of that will be luck, timing, knowing who you know, having a face that fits a period drama, you know, whatever. There's a brilliant book by a guy called Raul Martinez. Um, called Creating Freedom. Okay, so he, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, so basically the, the, the supposition of the book is that we come back to that narrative of the Williams sisters, and in a way that's an underlying belief of, uh, of capitalism. If you work hard, you can reap the re rewards. But what the research that he did shows is that's kind of, well, just bollocks um, is probably the best way to describe it. Um, and there's just, so he went through and looked at every, um, yeah, every bit of research he could find basically supports the, the fact that it's impossible, uh, sorry, impossible is the wrong word. It's really hard to break out of the conditions within which you find yourself. So there is a few things which we have 
um, which we can't really do much about, our genetics, you know, our DNA, our socioeconomic group, where we live, which country we were born in, what time we were born in, and all of these are very important underlying factors in terms of our ability to achieve success. And what he found is it's just really hard to, to try and be the boy done, to, to be that boy done good story. You know, there are examples of that, but because there are examples, we feel that's, you know, people should apply themselves uh, with more vigor. And if they weren't such lazy, work shy, gobshites, then they'd be all right to kind of carry on and, uh, you know, and it's just it's just horrible that that's the the way that the majority of uh, our Western civilization tends to think. Yeah, I mean, Maybe Lord not... Sugar being a good example of that narrative. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's not, it's not to say that people can't. It's just to say that it's rare, and they're the exceptions. They're not the rule. Um, and there was a great example here uh, that that he I think it was his was there was a prison in America. Um, and they introduced college education to anybody who wanted it. It's a program they introduced. So lots of people signed up for this. Um, and there were two things which were really interesting that came out, is that as people came out with their college degree um, and the rates of reoffending went to zero, which for a prison is just unheard of. And the other thing that was really interesting is that the rates of violence, of serious violence inside the prison also dropped to zero. So really successful, really interesting program. So, of course, you know what they did with it. What? You'd like to say rolled out across the country. Yeah, but they but said I, no. I would like to say that. Yeah, but no, they, they banned it because what they were afraid of was that uh, people would be getting into prison to get a free college education oh. if it was that successful. But oh. what it shows is that people who had never had the opportunity in life to go to college, once given the opportunity, um, were completely able to do it, but they had to break out of, something had to change within the socioeconomic norms within which they grew, because going to college was not a part of their everyday existence. It had to be something extraordinary, which they were ex exposed to in order to be able to do that. But the results are amazing, absolutely amazing. Uh, but yeah, but, yeah, but politically, Sorry. Not acceptable. No, and it's it's interesting because it's also it's interesting because a lot of people end up having a, a, a form of success and definitely obviously fulfillment by working with people because they've been in that terrible situation. So that's the other way. Without the college degree, you're, the other narrative is. I got myself out of drugs, et cetera, et cetera. I got myself out of alcohol addiction, um, whatever. I'm now working with groups of people who are trying to get out of it and do good in the world. So you'll have, that's the other narrative, isn't it? It's, you've got the, that, that's fascinating, that story about the prison. Oh my God, your stories are brilliant. Um, oh, there's, a, there's another, let, let, let me give, yeah. <laughs> Let me give you another one. We're talking about drugs. I mean, I think there's a really interesting, uh, God, it's, it, this, I love this. I just don't, again, can't comprehend the outcome. But there was a guy called Dr. John Marks who was working in Liverpool, in really rough parts of Liverpool in the, uh, I guess it was the 80s, kind of late 80s. Um, and he was a doctor and he took the decision that he would prescribe heroin to anybody who asked for it, more or less. Uh, but I think it may have just been actually to anybody so 
uh, uh, you know, and you can imagine as as the drug takers of the uh, local community are going, ah, oh, fantastic, right? But there was one stipulation: uh, was you had to have it there in the surgery. You couldn't take anything away with you, and so he would guarantee everyone would have a clean needle, um, and uh, you'd kind of go go into the back. There was a kind of room in the back, and you just kind of go lie down there you know kind of relax do whatever you want to do and when you had sort of felt like you were ready for the world again you'd just go out the back door and let yourself out and off you go so there were a couple of things again which were just fascinating that happened as a result of that one the crime rate dropped by about 80 percent the kind of petty crime rate because most crime is is driven by people who need to get another fix you know so all the all the kind of stupid burglaries and car smashes and things like that so at found that is being a drug addict is a really busy occupation because you've got to spend a lot of time going around trying to find the money to get the night the, the next jobs so brilliant i mean fantastic hustling you know, really good kind of work um uh, ethic to some extent but possibly for not the most positive reasons and what happened when you took strip that need away from people was they'd be going oh god i take a lot of drugs don't i life's really boring because you took away that whole uh, interest part of them, uh, sorry, the interesting part of their life, which was going around finding the next money. So what they then did was come back into to talk to Dr. John, uh, uh, the, the doctor, not the guitar player, and uh, and say um, and say, look, I'm getting a bit bored of this. And so he would then work through a phased reduction program with them, uh, which meant they never had to go onto methadone. And essentially, methadone is just another drug you have to come off. Um, it's just a less happy drug than heroin. So therefore, uh, policymakers can approve of it more because it doesn't, you know, make you as as happy. But it's still another addiction you have to kind of shed yourself of later on. Um, and so he would kind of go from a hundred percent dose to ninety to eighty, seventy, sixty, to the point where people go, okay, I don't need to come back to this. I, I feel like I've done my time now. And I've worked through whatever it was I had to work. And again, oh. so again, lower crime rate and lower numbers of people taking drugs because they'd be um, uh, you know, kind of going through this phase program. So once again, a fantastic success story, but politically completely incorrect. Nobody can talk about drugs in politics without slamming it. So the idea of somebody in the NHS prescribing heroin to anybody be the same thing going oh well everyone's going to take drugs if you're going to prescribe it to them because the, you don't get the behavioral economics behind the motivation of people in the first place oh my god so yeah so he ended up kind of getting nowhere and moving to new zealand to go and work with maori communities oh. which you think well fantastic you know there's a, a lot of problems to be addressed there oh wow wow right okay right right stop stop <laughs> too much interesting stuff um no listen right I, I just thought when you were saying that, just 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 bear with me on this, okay? It, bringing that back into our uh, little business worlds, okay? That there is something that you touched on there that that idea of busy for the sake of it, it, it you know, is quite interesting because we can we can get into those weird situations. I think, um, especially if we're on our own, a startup, you know, something really challenging and we're in and we're in the mode and we're getting into almost a habitual mode of um 
a little bit of firefighting, a little bit of, you know, oh, got to, got to get that motivation up. Let's do that. Let's do this. Let's do that. Got to get, oh, it could even be got to get a video series out on LinkedIn. Got to have one every day. Got whatever it is. We, it's very easy to fall into a mode where your, your sort of life force is existing because you're busy, 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 um, creating, creating, creating. And actually not, not, you don't want to stop that because part of you, if you stop all of that, feels that you're now a bit of no use and your energy has kind of been taken away from you. But then equally, you could be someone who is spending day after day in some horrible toxic relationship where arguments and aggression and tears and horribleness are part of your day by day routine. And again, you know, people say, why don't you walk away from it? People get slightly addicted to an element of that. And so th th that story you just told was bloody fascinating. That if you, in this time that we're now living through, you know, maybe some of us will have a chance to take a few more breaths and change up our routines slightly and actually clear out some of the busy, 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 busy and make more space for the why am I doing this? What do people really want? Sort of. Yeah, I, yeah no, I think I agree with you. I think that, you know, a couple of things from what you're saying. The, the, the one that's very important to decide what you want and to the, try and get some clarity around that. And I think that the point of mentioning the story earlier on um, about kind of Raul Martinez is also work out who you are because what you want, the, there's no point going for something that you, of what you want if you're not the person to deliver that. Um, and it, it, there's lots of really attractive things here. You, you could decide that you want to be a successful banker, but if, if um, uh, figures and maths and money hold no real interest for you, you're never going to succeed in that because there are other people who are driven by that. Uh, in the same way that if you're creative uh, and you want to kind of do something creative, uh, if you're, you know, if you get excited by a spreadsheet, that's not necessarily the best job for you. And I think quite often we, our, our eyes lit up, light up, don't they? We kind of go, oh, that looks shiny. I want to have a go with that. Um, and we'll have a play with it, but ultimately it's not really who we are. And, uh, and accepting who you are is such an important thing to be able to do because it, it fundamentally enables you to be able to go on to the next step. Um, because if you don't work out, if you don't have a good sense of who you are and what your abilities are, where your skills lie, um, well, that's another one. The, the um, now discover your, um, now discover your skills, is it? Marcus Buckingham. That's another interesting book, which kind of looks into the way in which your, uh, how your synapses are formed inside your brain and how all the connections are made between uh, the roots to knowledge and the hard wiring of information inside your head and how you reach that and get that out. And in a way, all of that is, is um, set very early on, very young ages. Uh, sorry, I've just had a cat walk past my head in the skylight out in the roof. And I'm fading out because this conversation became just more and more fascinating by the second. So I've split it into two parts. I couldn't waste any of it. So keep listening. In a few weeks' time, you'll get Anthony's story 
part two episode. Ah, oh, brilliant. Yes! Take action. Try this one small step. You can't listen to Anthony talking without surely being inspired to read all the various books that he refers to. And it's story, story, story. And you must have picked up that when you are in conversation with somebody and able to pull on these pearls of wisdom that you've learned from reading, from being curious, it just makes a conversation fascinating and engaging. So check out all the various references that will be with the show notes of this episode um, and just generally make a note to yourself, hmm, spend more time really being curious. Lot of fascinating stuff. You might need some show notes. So head over to trishalewis.com forward slash make it real podcast and subscribe because then you'll know when the next episode is available. I give you permission to go out and be real and enjoy it. Look forward to the next episode. Never